Spell. I'm Timothy. And I'm Rosalie. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about our favorite horror movies, because as we've mentioned probably numerous times in the past and probably during the entire It Endgame episode, we love horror movies. It's true. And it's going to be October, which is basically... It's spooky season. Spooky season, and it's Halloween month. So yeah, I love how Halloween has become a whole month. It has. It ha- And honestly, it's branching into other months. I see Halloween yes. posts when like July hits. People are like, it's Halloween. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it, I think Michael's, the uh, craft store, which I love, which mm-hmm. it, that Same. got us through our wedding. <laughs> yeah, like me and my wife. Like we went to Michael's all the time and we learned how to do all kinds of stuff. But yeah, but Michael started bringing out the Halloween stuff. I want to say like a couple weeks ago. And uh-huh. it was like so cool. Like at the, I think it was end of July, early uh, or no, what what month are we August? in? September. Yeah, yeah it was September August. Now. Yeah, so no, it wasn't July. It was in August is when they started bringing out their Halloween stuff, which we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. And, you know, yeah. So it's oh awesome. I'm excited. This is my season. Like yes. my birthday is tomorrow. It's fall. I always feel like stronger and more powerful and yeah. more creative. Like all my energy comes back to me that I've lost over like the summer yeah. and fall. And I'm happy, like, the weather is, like, overcast oh, yeah. even no, like, here today. Yeah. Like, I can break out my Hufflepuff scarf. <laughs> I'm real happy. Oh, yeah. Like, we're sitting here in my apartment, and we're looking outside, and it's just cloudy. It's and just, it's so cold, and it's amazing. I love it. I love it, too. And, like, fun fact about me is I was actually conceived on Halloween. Oh, my mom you told really? Me. My, I forgot how it came up, but my mom told me, like, oh, you were conceived on Halloween. I'm you like, Halloween. Like, goodness. Yeah, and, like, I... Like she's like literally my mom. I was like, oh my god. Mom's like, do math. Like just do the math because like my birth July 29th, It's like close enough that like yeah. Like if you just oh count backwards, I was like, oh yeah. That's that. That's it. Like yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. No, that's that's a fun tidbit about me. But um, yeah. So we do have a listener question. Oh, but once again, you can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. Um, and I know there's Facebook, Facebook email, uh, telephone. Yes. But at Queer Cauldron and, uh, email is queercauldron at gmail.com. And, uh, phone number is 323-285-0164, where you can call in, text in, uh, questions, comments, or ideas for future shows. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so excited. We have a listener question today. Yeah. So the listener question is someone asked, um, hey, which is, when is it okay to disinvite someone from your wedding? Oh boy. Well, I've never had a wedding, so <laughs> I I'm not sure. But you, um, yes. Mister Domestic over yeah. here. Um, um, yeah. So I like this question only because I had an issue when I was planning my wedding too. And so the thing is, it's so funny if you were to just go and Google, like, can you like, cause like I was like, like I would Google these things like, you know, when is it okay to disinvite someone and da da, and you get so much judgment because you'll see people like, Oh, Hey, I want to fire one of my bridesmaids. And people will be like, how dare you? You're not hiring anybody. How can you fire somebody? Or they'll say like, Oh, you're, you're lucky to be having a wedding. So how could you even think about like telling someone they can't come or telling someone they can't be a bridesmaid anymore? And it was like almost like if you had this opinion of like, oh, hey, I'm not feeling supported. Can I tell? Can I talk to somebody about not supporting me? People are like, oh, well, you shouldn't be having a wedding at all. Or it's kind of like, wow, it's, rude. Yeah, no, seriously, you could Google this stuff and like, on, on, I, I don't know if they're trolls. I couldn't tell if these are trolls or, or what. just hateful people. Right. Because they'd be like, oh, you're, well, you're lucky. Or, like, they'd be say, hey, so my um, maid of honor wasn't isn't planning anything or isn't, like, 
helping plan my bachelorette parties and helping with anything. They're, they're like, oh, well, that's so selfish of you to expect someone to plan your stuff. And it's like, well, okay. And so my whole thing, I guess what I kind of decided on and my, me and my wife kind of decided on was think about why you want to disinvite that person. Like if this person is actively like hurting you or hurting your future spouse, I say it'd be okay to disinvite them. Like, um, I had, um, you know, like I'm trans. And so there was kind of like a, um, issue where I had someone say that they were going to come to just the reception because they couldn't be part of the ceremony because they're like, I don't agree with this. Ew. So. You don't get to come to the party if you're not going to celebrate us. Bye. That was, yeah. No, honestly, that was my opinion. I said, you know what? If they're not going to be part of the whole, the whole point was they're celebrating me getting married. So like by them saying, I don't agree with this. Well, then why do you, why are you going to come to the party? Like, yeah. No, like, yeah you don't get my food. You don't get, you don't get all the stuff that like we've paid for to put oh, together. Yeah. If you don't celebrate us, like, no. Yeah, exactly. So there was like a whole, I mean, well, they ended up coming to the ceremony. Okay. And it, it worked out. No, it totally worked out. It was great. But it was just that like kind of, you know, getting to that point. And, you know, um, there's so much drama that goes into doing a wedding because like you know we get even my cousin she ended up um not having a wedding but she when she was planning because she originally was going to have a wedding when she was planning it was like oh my god who do i invite who do i not invite and like she even kind of got some like people you know saying oh well, you have to invite so and so and she's like i don't talk to that person and even with me and you know i joke about like you know when i was planning i was like one of my mom's cousins i was like oh she was a big part of my life and I don't know if I should invite her because I think her and my mom aren't talking. And so at first my mom was like, yeah, don't invite her. And then later my mom was like, oh, do you inv- did you invite so-and-so? And I'm like, wait, you told me not to because you guys weren't talking. She's like, oh, we're cool. We're cool again. You can invite her. And I'm like, really, mom? I'm like, you know. So I was like, it was funny because it really is that who do you invite? Who do you not invite? And it really also depends on how big of a wedding you have. So if the person you're thinking about disinviting, if you are limited in spots or if you're like a very like small wedding and you're just like these spots are very coveted and like i want to invite this other person or there are because we went through three rounds Jeez. yeah we went through three, three rounds, rounds cuts? um no like we like we went through first round and then people who couldn't make it then we're like okay those spots oh, are gotcha. open so then we went through our second round and then if people couldn't make that then we're like okay third round so like we literally had this like huge list of people that we wanted to invite and then we had to go okay these are the people who can realistically come. right Exactly. So that, and then there were people that were like, okay, we have to invite these people, but let's see if they can't make it. And then they were like, oh yeah, I can't make it. We're like, okay, cool. Now we can invite like these people. These people. Yeah. I gotcha. Yes. So yeah, like it even like, I think it was like two weeks before we had a spot open and one of our friends who well, was one of my wife's friends that I ended up becoming friends with. I'm like, find out if she wants to come to our wedding. Cause she's amazing. And now we have these, this room. And so she's like, yeah. And so she was able to come and it was Aww. great. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, but to the question, um, Again, I really feel like if someone's insulting you or your future spouse, I think that's when you really have to decide if you want that person to be at your wedding. Like, if someone's going out of their way to, like, really make it a point to make your you or your future spouse feel uncomfortable, or if they're spreading rumors about you or your relationship or that kind of thing, then... If they're, like, causing you undue stress. Yes. Like, well, not even undo stress no. because, like, weddings are stressful. Like, I mean, you're going to get, like, I mean, everyone has an opinion. And you're going to get people coming out of the woodwork saying, why are you doing this? What are you doing that? I mean, there was someone that would call my wife literally every single day and bitch about, um, like, we had a Harry Potter wedding. And so we 
had people walk out in the ropes, their house ropes. So yeah. we literally had everyone take the quiz. Uh, first it started off just a wedding party and then we got other people involved and it was a, so we did gift bags based on their houses. It was really oh, cool. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. So we decided, like we told the wedding party, like, okay, we want you all to, to buy house ropes. And we to, told them like a year in advance. So we're like, if you have to get like a cheap knockoff, you go, like as long go as- Go get the just, Halloween yeah, store Exactly, get the Halloween store version. Go on wish. <laughs> yeah. We were like, we, you do not have to get the like authentic- from Harry Potter. Although Lord. I do have that. Right. No, I mean, we have some of those too, but I'm saying that for the wedding, even sure, like my sister. Wedding, you didn't have to go get the Universal Studios right. version. Like I even let my sister wear mine because my sister happened to be a Slytherin, which I'm like, I can see that. And so I'm like, here, use my robe. She's like, perfect. And so like that was, it was work. So you know, my sister's not into not. the nerdy stuff I'm into. So she's like, okay, cool. Just wear mine. You're good to go. And then um, I think my friend's wife who she's an amazing seamstress like she works for like plays and stuff and you know whatever and she makes costumes like she made her husband's who he was in our wedding and she was one of our ushers but she made his robe and i'm like it looks legit just like the regular and my cousin ended up making the robe her robe too and i'm just like you guys like these look like the regular these look like the robes like there's no like you wouldn't know there's no which one's there. Like it's yeah. perfect. You would have no idea that my cousin and my friend made the robes. Like you would just assume that like, oh, they bought them. Because right. they look legit like the robes. Costumes so, are amazing. Oh yeah. No, it was amazing. So yeah, so like we so but anyway, anyway, so like from when that was like one thing that we knew for sure, like when we first started planning that that's what we wanted. And so we told this person, like, hey, like, this is our idea. And like this person would call my wife literally almost every like I want to say it was literally almost every day or almost every day where they were saying like, Hey, I have a better idea or like, no. instead of doing this, like at one point they were like, Oh, why don't you have people buy like a pin of their crest and have it pinned on their dress or their suit. And then that way they know. And we're like, no, we want to do the robes. And they just were like, Oh, I have a better idea or, Oh, they're going to look like shit in pictures, which by the way, they don't. Like, they look, even, like, my mom, who my mom was like, you know, when you first said that idea, she's like, I wasn't into it. She's like, but when you saw it, she's like, it looked awesome. She's like, it looked, like, amazing, like, just how everyone walked out. Because everyone walked out either holding my wife's uh, people, because we had both men and people, uh, men and women on our teams. So we call them teams instead of, like, bridal and groom, whatever. And so uh, her team had lanterns with fake Uh candles in it. And then my team had... Uh, cauldrons with unlit sage in it. So it just looked super witchy when they walked down the aisle. So no, it came together and the pictures again look so cool. So like this person was like, oh, they're going to look like the pictures are going to look terrible and blah, 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 blah. And so it is. Yeah. So like, I wish I had known you before your wedding. I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. No, it was like super fun. And um, yeah. Like renew your vows. (laughs) Hey, we're planning on doing that once we have kids and stuff like kids can be part of it. Oh, um, that's real sweet. Yeah. And then like, you know, even like my wife's parents, bought robes because they were walking her yeah. down the aisle because both her parents walked her down the aisle so anyway so like we were super into it and but like we had someone who like really just like called my wife saying this is a bad idea she it, like you know she, like my wife was like oh yeah um this is what we want and da, da. so she was like you know telling this person like you know this is this is our idea and then like we had someone else like complain about the venue because originally we were going to get married in mammoth uh lakes yeah. Which, you know, which I do want to plan a, a trip to Mammoth. We love oh, it. Especially now it's getting cold. I've never been, but it's oh, supposed we'll, to be beautiful. We'll go. Because I've been wanting to get a group together and get, like, a cabin. Yes. And, like, it'd be so much fun. But anyway, so originally we were like, let's get married to Mammoth. But then as we really tried to, like, when we started planning logistics, we are like, 
this isn't working out. But like when we first announced like, hey, we're going to get married in Mammoth, this person reached out to my wife and said, that's a terrible idea. You have such a huge community here. Why are you going to get married in Mammoth? And we were like, community, how many fucking people do you think we're going to invite to this wedding? Like, you know, we're like, uh, roll it back. Uh, no, you know, but, you know, but it really was this thing where like, there are people, and like I said, those are like two different people. And there are people who are going to judge everything you do in your wedding. Like, you know, whether you're having a theme wedding and your theme could be purple. You know what I mean? Your like, theme like, can be purple. That's what I tell people. Like when people are like, how did you plan your wedding? I'm like, grab a theme and just run with it. And that'll make things a lot easier. Whether your theme be like Doctor Who, be, you know, whether it's wrestling or whether it's, you know, a fucking oh my in God, the a Shire. Wedding. I've seen it. And so, but, or like, like I said, it could be just like, we want purple as our wedding theme and then everything's purple or everything's just hues of purple. It's like, that'll make it easier on you. But even with that, there are people that are going to tell you why you're doing this, why you're doing that, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I think those aren't people that you need to disinvite because people are just going to be judgy. People are going to make things difficult for you. And you're going to be like, Hey, can you do this for me? And they're going to just be like, well, why? Why don't you do it this way? It's like, okay, you know what? Never mind. So I think what it really boils down to was, and what really kind of annoyed me was when I was looking up, um, you know, on the internet, it's like Googling and stuff, I would get people uh, saying like, oh, well, I hated the groom, but I had to do my maid of honor speech and I had to like focus mostly on her. And it's like, if you hate the groom, maybe don't go yeah well either don't go or don't do the speech like because to me to me if you're doing a speech and you're just like well i'm just gonna focus on the bride like it's not just the bride's day and it's like the thing is this is what i really try to tell my wife too is that like this is our day like it's my day and your day and like that's who the focus needs to be today you know and that's it i said we need to do what we want to do and how we want to do it and if people aren't like going along with what we need done that day, then I I, I don't have time for that. You no, know? nobody does. Like, yeah. No, thank you. I I don't know if I'll ever have a wedding at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would love to have one. I just don't. You know, I don't. I don't know what that's gonna look like or yeah. what's gonna be. But like, I just know there's gonna be all this <laughs> stress. So thank you for like sharing your insight about your wedding because. Yeah. It's making me already less stressed about my wedding that may not even happen. No, I mean, but I thought the same thing. Like, I had no idea that, like, I mean, even I started my vows. Because, you know, my wife and I wrote our own vows. I started off, like, there was a point in time where I didn't, I think I would ever get married. You know? Because it's like, I wanted to, but then, like, you know, and I mentioned, like, I was with this guy who didn't, didn't like marriage or didn't believe in marriage and I was like yeah me either you know but like you know but then as I started like really mostly like you know being me and like really asking myself like what do I want like none of the bullshit when I was single I would sit there and just ask myself like and I was because I think I told you I took like a year off of dating I asked myself like what do you want like none of this riffraff that like letting other people influence and nothing like you know um, like what, I, what was I willing to accept in a relationship and what wasn't I willing to accept in a relationship? And then I just told myself, you need to stick to that. Cause that was the hard part. The hard part wasn't coming up with what I wanted. The hard part it's sticking was to that sticking to compromising it. on it. Exactly. Because like, I think I told you, I was talking to this trans guy who was like, Oh, I'm, I think I'm Polly. And I'm like, that's not what I want. Like if it was just like, Hey, I'm talking to somebody else and I'm talking to you. It was like, that's cool. Cause we weren't serious yet. You right. know, but it was like. If this person I was dating was like, hey, I have a whole nother partner, I'm like, 
that's not what I want. I've done that already and that's not what I want. And I knew that. Like if I was still like, oh, well, let's see, then yeah, I totally would have been like, okay, cool, that, that works for me, but I didn't. And then, like I said, on like my first date with my wife, I said, I'm looking for a monogamous relationship because that's just what I want. And if that would have like changed at some point, I would have obviously said, okay, look, like we've been, you know, monogamous for a bit, but I'm willing to open that up. But I, I don't, that's not what yeah. I'm looking for. So it, again, it was telling myself like, no matter what to stick to that, because I would go in sometimes thinking like, okay, this is okay for now. And then eventually I would just give in to whatever the person I was dating wanted. So then like this, cause I dated a guy and I'll talk about him different episode where he was he would have these women like arguing on his facebook profile saying well he said this to me and he said that oh no he likes me more no he likes me more da, da, da. and i'm just sitting there going like i don't want to be part of that i don't need that drama yeah but no, yet somehow you. i was like somehow like I, w I wouldn't go on his facebook but i'd be the one he lived with and would go like you know that i because like he lived with me for like two months or th yeah. two three months and he was having these women fight over him and yet i was in that fight just not on Facebook. Right. But I was the one sitting there where he would like, where we'd have sex or we'd be kissing and stuff like that. And so I was like, I, but I wasn't like his primary partner. I was just one of like 10 or one of five. And so I, you know, he didn't make me feel special. So like I really, after I got out of that and then I started dating someone who started kind of doing the same thing. So I got out of that. And so when I was taking that year off, I said, I don't want to do that anymore, you know? And so, yeah, no, I didn't think I was going to get married. And then even when my wife and I got engaged, I was like, I'm totally willing to just have like a few people like my mom and my grandma, my sister, and then like a, a handful of friends go to like the courthouse or go to like have a small little ceremony. And then, um, but she was like, no, I think we deserve a big wedding. And I'm really glad we did. Cause I mean, I had a blast that day and it was fun doing the planning and it the whatever. Amazing. Like, it, no, it was, and it was totally worth doing. But like, even, like I said, even when I was like, we're going to get married, I still was like, I don't want to do a wedding. Cause I was almost like, yeah, I felt like I didn't like deserve that or that. Like I couldn't pull it together. Like, I don't know. Like it was just this insecurity. So yeah, no, I mean. I'm glad we did it. And like I said, there was someone that we did have to disinvite um, because it just got to the point where they were just really toxic and they were like really making an effort to make me feel bad, you know? And so, That's a lot. yeah. And so it really, my wife and I just had to make that decision that, you know what, this person isn't going to celebrate us. This person is doing everything they can to turn her family against me and then turn her friends against me and that's not someone that you want at your wedding that's someone who clearly doesn't agree with you getting married and doesn't have the guts to just come out and say like here's my issue and not willing to work through it you know it's like here's my issue and you know blah 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 blah. and because that's the thing it's like if you know someone who's in a bad relationship and they're going to marry this person and i think it takes guts and like really a lot to go to that person and say are you sure you know and are you like here's my issues you know and if your friend kind of says well look here's my side of it i think you can have an adult conversation about that you yeah know? for sure i think you can have adult conversation about that and if it really is like i'm sorry i can't go to your wedding because i don't agree with you marrying this person it's going to be hurtful you know and yeah. i think on the other side of that i think it if you have to tell someone like listen i'm marrying someone who I have a great relationship with and you're 
doing everything in your power to try to sabotage this, then it is kind of sitting them down and saying like, I'm sorry, but you can't come to our wedding because you're trying to sabotage it, you know? And if you can't get behind this or if you don't want to, and if you can't agree with that, that's fine. But then I have to do what's right for me and my relationship, you know? So I think, yeah, if someone's just being an asshole, like find out what degree of asshole they're being. And then, yeah, like, if you really feel that like this is a degree where it's hurting your relationship and you feel like this person is being toxic, then yes, disinvite them. But if this person's just being an asshole and you can kind of just say, you know what, they're just going to sit in their seat and just stew in their asshole. They, they can deal with it. Then yeah, you don't have to like uninvite them, you know? Gotcha. But that's my TED talk. So, um, yeah. So yeah, do you think we should take our break now? Yeah, let's go ahead and take a break and come okay. back and talk about spooky movies. Yes. So, uh, who's got, we usually figure out who's going to start. We oh, did. yeah, we, <laughs> we did it. We didn't do planning. We talked about more wedding we stuff. We talked about more wedding stuff, which That's we, great. yeah, which we, I don't know, maybe we could do an episode on, like, wedding. That'd be really cute. Like, you can, like, research on, like, what you like in weddings. What I want to do. Yeah. My fantasy wedding that I've been planning since I was five. Right, exactly. And the thing is, like, I never did that. I always knew I wanted to get married, except for that, like, weird early 20s where I said right. I didn't, you know? And, uh, yeah, but I mean, like, I didn't have, like, I know some people, like, have, like, the whole notebooks or, like, they're like, oh, my dream, I always knew I wanted, like, a princess cut ring and da-da-da-da-da and, you know, <coughs> bless you. Thank you. And, yeah, we'll have to do a whole, because there's, like, so much backstory. I just have, like, a perfect like... idea of what I want my dress to look like. Everything yeah. else is kind of, like, I've pictured it on the beach, I've pictured it, like, in the woods somewhere, I've pictured it in, like, a like really beautiful building like I pictured it all over the place and with different like ideas and stuff but I have a very clear idea of exactly how I want like my dress and my hair to look oh my god we like we originally wanted to do like in the forest and oh, that's that why be we beautiful. that's why we almost got married in Mammoth because in the middle of the fucking forest but like it just everything's a destination because we, we live in Los Angeles it's right. like even like the for, even like my wife was like oh I like the first venue we looked at we're like oh this is not what we wanted and it's gorgeous like we keep saying we're gonna go back and have dinner there because it's like a restaurant you yeah. know but it, it, lo- it overlooks like this whole foresty thing mm. but it just that like it would have been so crowded because the way that they angled like the way this the... there's a lot of factors yeah okay but, horror but enough, yeah enough horror wedding stuff we'll talk about wedding another time we'll have another episode <laughs> so okay yeah. um i can start yeah um so i think my all-time favorite um, horror movie is Joss Whedon's Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. I actually, when I was in college, I took a, um, there was a one-time, like, special elective course that one of my theater professors was teaching that was, like, a history of horror films. And we talked about, like, psychology. Yeah. And, um, and philosophy and also, like, horror films as, as, like, a genre. So we started, like, all the way back with, like, Nosferatu oh, and I love we talked about the history of it and like the cultural reception and so on and so on and so on and so we, we like kept progressing forward in time and we ended with Cabin in the Woods which had just come out mm-hmm. and I fell in love with it because I had just watched all of these horror movies and watching this one kind of flip the script yeah. and play on the tropes and like I recognized them all yeah. a lot at that very point right. and then we talked about it so like dissecting that was great and I also I mean without spoiling too much I really love the ending yeah um 
I think it's such an interesting thing to put the choice in, you know, um, somebody who doesn't normally get the choice's hands yeah. and to see that decision being made. Well, I think if you're going to teach a course on horror, I think that's a brilliant idea of ending with Cabin in the Woods. Just because, like you said, it kind of takes all the tropes, it takes all the monsters, it gets... It basically every check mark you have in a horror movie yeah. it covers it it does so i feel like if you i feel like that would be the perfect because i've often thought like because I'm, I'm a sociology major and like part of sociology is you know teaching is a career you could go into which i think i wouldn't want to teach but i think that if i did i probably would i would love to do film i'd love to teach film and stuff like that and like but i would teach film not like oh i'm gonna teach you lighting like i would teach like from a sociological or psychological look and i think that i would love to teach horror movies and i've even thought I would cabin end with Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, because yeah, because ending in the Cabin in the Woods is perfect because it basically that would be like the final. Like, okay, listen, like here's everything you learned. Here's Cabin in the Woods. Do a paper on it. You know what That's I mean? That's like, so good. Well, and there's so many like Easter eggs in there and oh, references yeah. to like other horror movies from throughout. Oh yeah, the ages. Like every they've got like the Hellraiser puzzle box in there. Mm-hmm. They've got you know all these when the monsters all get released. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see all these different creatures and it's like, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. I absolutely adore that movie. Um, and it just, like I said, it, it flips the script on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, to where you're more sympathetic towards. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And it was Joss I, I don't want to spoil like too, too much. And Joss Whedon, uh, like he has his ups and his downs for me, yeah. but like, I think this is one of his best works. Yeah. And Avengers. And Buffy. And, and Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> No, which again no, we could do again, a whole episode on John. All enjoyable. Um, yes. yes. So Cabin in the Woods, Cabin in the Woods is probably my top. That's like mm. one of my all-time favorites, and I think it also just does that wonderful thing where it blends horror and almost comedy. Yeah. In places, um, really beautifully. Um, I know when we talked about it end game, yeah. um, you know, I had an issue with the fact that it, it was, you know, too funny too and comedic, too yeah. scary, but I feel like when, when you get the balance just right and yeah. you just have just enough humor, especially like dark humor yeah. infused in your horror movie, like I really love that. I think Cabin in the Woods got that really well. Well, I think a lot of horror movies tend to use humor throughout, like, you right. know, like you said, like just kind attention. of, yeah, exactly. Because like, if you are, and that's why there's like a space between each scare, like, because, you know, if you're like scare, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, the audience gets tired. Right. And I think that's what failed when uh, they did that remake of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, is because agree. Yeah, agree. Because they really took advantage of it was like a dream world, so it would kind of. It would. I feel like the entire movie was in the dream world because it was like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, scare. and like I. It was so funny because I went with my mom, my or my mom. I went with my cousin, my best friend, and my sister. And like my cousin, I remember it was like probably the midway point, if that. And all of a sudden, I hear her, "No more, I can't do it, no more." And she's like, "Grab me out of my sister, like make it stop," because it was just so many jump scares. For me, the image that comes to mind is like you have a balloon, right? And so every time, like, you're putting air into it, mm-hmm. you're, um, like, that's a jump scare. Yeah. So, like, and, and you're waiting for this, like, pop to happen. Yeah. But, like, if you just let a little bit out of the, of the air out yeah. with, you know, and release some of that tension, and then when you blow it out, like, it's yeah. it's scarier when you when you have more, um, I don't, when you diffuse that tension and then you bring it back. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. Come for me. Yes. <laughs> All right. right. Um, so that's Cabin in the Woods. I love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And also younger, was it Chris Hemsworth? Yes. He it in was, that one? Yeah, it was Chris It was Hemsworth, a younger yeah. pre-Thor Chris Hemsworth yes. playing the hot jock. Yes. Um, yeah. 
And okay. I'm always here for Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah, no, me too. It was kind of like, where's, it's like every Thor movie, where's he shirtless? Like, where's the shirtless mm. scene? You know? But, anyways, uh, yeah. So, my favorite horror movie, I mean, all time favorite horror movie is Carrie. And, oh. yeah, which came out in, like, 1976 and directed by Brian De Palma. And, uh, yeah, so I love Carrie, and I grew up on, I feel like Carrie was the first horror movie I actually watched because my mom was very strict when I was growing up. Like, my cousins got to watch horror movies all the time. Like, they watched, you know, Halloween. Like, like Halloween is my favorite series, but when it comes to, like, actual individual horror movie, it's Carrie. And so I think my mom really liked the movie Carrie, and so she let me watch it. But, um, yeah, because mom didn't let me watch horror movies. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, Look at you now. I know, look at me now. But, yeah, so I love Carrie, and I think I love Carrie because it was that ultimate revenge story, is that she got bullied, and she had these powers that no one knew about because, again, no one gave a shit about what she said or what she who she was as a person. So she got this ultimate revenge on these bullies and it just chaos ensued, you know? And I feel like everyone knows Carrie at this point. You know? Yeah, that was not only... Of course, we studied Carrie in our class, yeah. too. Um, and it was really fun watching that one. I absolutely love um, Carrie. I think the original will always reign over. They, they remade it. Oh, yeah, no, I hated the remake. And it what bothered me bad. about the remake was in the trailer, they showed the whole movie. Like, in one of the trailers, it literally showed beginning, middle, and end. And I'm like, then why see the movie? I hate modern just, trailers. I can't watch them. You just showed everything. Like, everything. Yeah, exactly. And, no, I love the actress that played Carrie. I can never remember. I was going to look for her name. Well, no, I mean the new one. Oh, the new one. Uh, I was Chloe, like, it's Sissy Spacek. No, no, I love Sissy Spacek, <laughs> but no, Sissy Spacek did an amazing job on that. But um, no, I'm talking about the new one. Uh, oh, her name Chloe. What's her? I don't uh, know. Yeah, um, I was I gonna look remember. it up. I love that actress. She was just in. She was in a horror movie called Greta recently, and my oh. wife and I watched it, and we were like, "Whoa, this is this is intense." Like. But, um, yeah, no, she was in a horror movie called Greta recently, and it just, both actresses were amazing in that I really, one. I liked her. I think she did a really good job. The yeah. movie itself just didn't hold up for me to the original. And, of course, the mother, the yeah. mother in the original, didn't she win an, I think she won an Oscar for her performance, or was at least nominated for an Oscar I, for I her don't performance know. in yeah, that. I'm not sure. Um, as the mother, because she was absolutely oh, she's amazing. diabolical. Like, I hated her, and she did such a good job of making me hate her. Oh, yeah. Um... And also, you know, they made a Broadway musical version of Carrie as well. Yeah, it was. They did it. They did, and they it was here in LA. Wasn't it supposed to be like immersive or something? Like, because I remember was it's it? like, yeah, I think it was something about like how it was immersive. And I always get weird about that. I'm not when I go to see a play, I kind of want to watch the play. I'm not I'm one not of those sure people that. that love to like get grabbed on stage. No, the actual musical I've seen. Yeah. Um, not like a professional production. I saw. Um, when I was in college, uh, I was a theater major, right? Yeah. So um, I Which went you've to, mentioned about like 10 times. Only every like, single time. Oh, every there. episode, you know I did theater. Like, I, I, I did the theater at one point. I was I was an aspiring actress. But I went <laughs> one time to um, theater festival yeah. with uh, my college. And so one of the productions that one of the schools brought that was like nominated for like, you know, one of the best shows in the country was their production of Carrie. And it was so, so, so well done. Um, and I had, you know, just finished that course, so I was very into, you know, yeah. Carrie at that point. Yeah. And the music's actually really good, too. Like, I think Carrie's just one of those stories that people relate to. Yeah. Because um, everybody's been bullied. I don't care, you know, who you were in high school. You yeah. you got bullied. Everybody got bullied. But, like, right. especially for outcasts and especially as, like, queer people. Oh, yeah. Getting bullied and being able to relate to that. Like, I wish I could just, like 
psychically <laughs> destroy everybody oh, yeah, who's no. ever been mean to me. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's I loved cathartic. it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I loved it so much is because, like, this poor girl was bullied at home and she was bullied at school and so she finally just fucking had it, which is, like... Yes, she got to that breaking point. Um, I will have to say, though, I did not like the book. I read the book. I've never read it. I read the book. I didn't like it. I felt like she was a less sympathetic character in the book. Mm. Like, I felt she was kind of, like, mean in the book. It's always harder when you're inside their head. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, again, if you liked the book, cool. Like, I'm not that person that's like, why? No, I'm like, hey, if you like the book, good on you. I wish I liked the book. Because I was like, oh, I love Carrie. I'm going to love the book. And it was like, oh... Not you know, as not as much. I will say that last shot always gets me. Me too. I can't watch it. I'm like, I know it's going to happen. I know. Just, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every single time, even though I've seen it. Like, so, because I will watch Carrie. Like, even, like, Facebook reminded me of a picture, like, you know, that was like, oh, look, Carrie's on. Because it's like, yeah, because I always watch it. Every time Carrie's on, I'm like, ooh, Carrie's on. Yay. Even have though I have, Even though I have it on Blu-ray and, uh. like, whatever, it's still like, ooh, it's on TV. Like, you know? Carrie's a really good one. I love it. And, like, yeah, and I think what AMC does, like, Horror, like, oh, they do, yeah, they sure do. I yeah. always catch it when it's Amityville. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one in a while. Oh, it's really funny. My mom and I, because you know, I went with my mom to see it recently, and I yeah. actually enjoyed it way more the second time, which was maybe because I was actually able to sit there and watch it instead of like one eye open where I'm like, it's coming, you know. So now that I knew where all the jump scares were, I actually did watch all the jump scares yeah. and all the like whatever. I'm like, oh, that was brilliant. But, um, anyways, so my mom and I were talking because we went to eat afterwards, and she's just like, you know what horror movie I've never seen fully through? I'm like, what? She's like, The Exorcist. And really? I was like, yeah. She said she's never watched. She's seen bits and parts of it, and her mom, I guess, my grandma. So, funny story, since we're talking about horror movies, is so my grandmother went and saw The Exorcist in the theater with my oh, grandfather. Gosh. And I'm like, why? Of all the movies, that woman, because my grandma's very religious. I'm like, why would you see that movie? It's just going to terrify you. Because it so, has religious themes. She didn't know that. She didn't know. So, she went with my grandfather to watch The Exorcist, and when they came home, my grandma started spraying holy water everywhere, and was like so scared. And like, uh, no, she's uh, Christian. Well, she, at the time, she might have been Catholic because I think they converted from Catholicism to Christianity, but. Or some weird mix in the middle, in between. But anyway, so she was like spraying holy water everywhere. She was freaked the fuck out. And so she was, I forgot what she told my mom, but like, she, my mom was like, yeah, your grandmother just came and just was like, no. That's hilarious. So, I watched that one when I was a kid and it never scared me. The way, like everybody always yeah. told me, The Exorcist is the scariest movie ever. Yeah. It's like the best horror movie. It's mm. so terrifying. And I watched it and I was like, I'm not... Which is interesting because you grew up religious, right? Or like at least I mean, in a religious home. I was home? in a semi-religious home. My okay. my dad grew up Catholic, and he converted to Christianity when uh, after he he's hates nuns, terrified <laughs> yeah. of nuns. Nuns have scarred him for life. Yeah. Um, and my mom again. I grew up going to church with like mm-hmm. my grandparents and all that, but like by the time I was maybe ten. Um, I had I had basically like disavowed myself from religion. Oh, okay. I was like I I'm not I'm not into it. Okay. Um, don't make me go to church. I would still have to go with dad. Um, usually on on Sundays when I was there on the weekend, and then on like special occasions like Easter or Christmas or whatever, yeah. I would go to like my grandparents' church. But it was really for them and not for like the religious experience. Okay. So I don't know. I just never was yeah, really like, frightened by 
The Exorcist. Okay. I think it was because I grew up, like, my wife and I were actually just talking about this last night, where I grew up, I was super religious. I think I was religious until I was about 17, 18. Really? So, like, for me, we got watching The Exorcist. I was just like, oh, my God. You know, so it's, like, you know, totally different, like, mindset going into it. But, like, even now I can watch it. Like, I think it's creepy. And I'm like, oh, this is well done for it being from, like, what, the 70s or something? Whatever. It was, and it was, yeah. like, so scary. And I think it's freaky. And I also think, but, like, at the same time, like, I, I can't watch in the dark. Really? I still can't because like I think my cousin asked me like, can you watch Exorcist in the Dark? And I was like, yeah, I can do that, and I tried, and I'm like, oh no, I lights, just, lights, I lights. do, yeah, because I'm like, I just feel weird, like no, like it's like I mean, I don't really get scared. Like I was telling my wife, I fell asleep watching Saw once because I was, um, jeez, yeah, like I was watching the set. I think it was the seventh one, and it was on TV because I had cable at the time. Like I had like. Cinemax or HBO and it was on I'm like oh my god I haven't seen this one in forever but I was like so tired so I was like literally like falling asleep watching Saw but I wanted to finish it because I'm just like I love this movie and like because I love the I love the Saw series I don't love all the the movies but I do like the the Saw as like a creepy ass idea so but yeah so I'm like yeah I fell asleep watching Saw one time because I just was like I want to see the ending in the moment like I mean I'm not going to give away the ending to Saw 7 but like some really gruesome thing happened I was like yay and that's the for me I can't watch the I mean I've watched the first two or three of the Saw movies Mm -hmm. and um I for me it's just too much like body horror yeah Um, it is it's torture porn yeah it's torture porn I can't do that like I like movies where there's like some kind of supernatural force but when it's like a serial kidnapper or whatever um I, I just I don't love that particular <laughs> yeah it's hard for me i it's so funny i have this love for horror movies but i literally faint at the sight of blood yeah or the thought of it yeah. too much so like there are scenes when i was in like it too where i like had to cover my eyes and yeah. just like cover my ears so yeah. i wouldn't hear the gross like squishy sounds and mm-hmm. everything because i i i one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was i went to go see the I went to go, I mean, it's embarrassing enough that I went to go see the, like, third or fourth Twilight movie in theaters, uh-huh. right? No, I think it was the fourth one. Um, no, it was the, was it the fifth one? The one where she has the baby. That's one of the last, it's Yeah, it's one of the last two. It was one of the Breaking Dawn movies. I don't, I don't remember which, right. how, I don't remember, because I haven't seen the third and fourth but one, so I don't know how they, like, divided Kristen it. Stewart um, is, like, pregnant with this vampire baby, and she's a vampire too no or maybe she gets changed to a vampire after I don't yeah, remember she, the no Twilight. no she gets changed I read the book so she gets changed I during I pregnancy <laughs> no like right after she gives birth like that's when she like okay yeah her. it was right after that so that was probably the last one um but she starts drinking blood out of like a styrofoam cup with a straw and I fainted <laughs> oh my god I fainted in the theater in the back row oh my god of Twilight and my, I wake up to my mother yelling my name in the theater, and I'm pretty sure everybody just turned around and was like, what the fuck is going on? And here's this kid who, like, passed out and woke up in a cold sweat watching the fucking Twilight movie. So that's me. I love <laughs> horror movies. Um, yeah, what's the second one on your list? The second one on my list is The Blair Witch Project. I love that um, movie. This is one that I actually wrote a paper on um, in my horror movie class because I love the movie so much. Like... I think it's brilliant. It was so, like, low budget and unscripted. Yes. And well done. Like, there were specific points that they had to hit and all this. But, like, it really was just some, like, young folks taking their cameras out in the woods and, like, making a movie. And it 
was brilliant and the marketing for it and people thought it was real yeah well people, yeah, people, that's the thing they yeah. the marketing for it was so brilliant they took it to these film festivals yeah and in those towns they would put up missing person posters oh my god for the that. people in the movie and so that was their like poster for the movie and and people legit thought that these kids were missing that this was a documentary and that this was all real oh my god and so uh, I mean, obviously, with the with the age of the internet now, um, that, Google, that couldn't yeah. happen again. Like, I don't think anybody will ever be able to get away with that same kind of marketing tactic again. And I don't know how ethical that marketing tactic is. Uh, However, it, would, it wouldn't fly today, I don't it think. It was brilliant. Um, and that's why the movie became so successful. And it really started the whole found footage kind of like genre popularity and so uh ever since Blair Witch there's been all these like web series which I'll talk about another day because they were gonna be on my list yeah but like the the these like Slenderman kind of um found footage uh YouTube series that got so popular were kind of spawned from the Blair Witch's legacy yeah and I absolutely love it and I also love that they never really show the Blair Witch right you know you spend the whole movie like afraid of the idea of the monster but you never actually have to see the monster so it's really in your imagination and I love that mm-hmm. they did make a sequel a couple years ago yeah, where like they showed book her of, um, oh, shoot, it, was, what was it, called? it was just called uh, Blair Witch instead of Blair Witch Project it was just called Blair Witch no but they did do another one that was like book of um, secret like book of something oh they yeah. did they did there was a there was a midquel um, it was not as a good midquel. I think it was a midquel and it wasn't mm-hmm. as good didn't like that one. Yeah, but I the remember newer... people. And it wasn't found footage. It no. Was, yeah. The newer one that came out was um, found footage again. Okay. Um, and they tried to, like, modernize it where they were, like, look. It was, like, the sister of one of the kids who went mm-hmm. missing from the first movie was, like, looking for him. And so they team up with this, like, racist who has a Confederate <laughs> flag um, in his home. And one of the, like, people in there is black. So it's just, like, this whole uncomfort between, like, them um, during this whole, like, trek through the woods, but, the, you know, they go and they find the house, and but this time you actually see, you know, some of the monsters. Yeah. Um, and I also like that one. It, it creeped me out. It wasn't as good as the first one, but I thought as far as horror sequels go, yeah, it was actually one of the better ones, but I love, I love Blair Witch, and I... If it didn't creep me out so much to, I want to make one of those little stick things and hang it in my, like... Oh, yeah. Uh, when I get my own apartment... Yeah. Um, and it's like mine and I can decorate it the way I want to. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to like just have at least one of those little stick things. <laughs> no, that's like really cool. Um, I honestly, I love the Blair Witch Project. It like creeped me out when I was a kid. And yeah. the thing is like, I think I, I don't know if I mentioned, I don't think we mentioned this on air, but I get motion sickness really bad now and I don't know when that developed, but I cannot watch Blair Witch anymore. That's so and sad. it's It's so sad because like I can't watch any found footage, which is why found footage kind of annoys me because I'm like, I can't watch you. You know, oh. Oh, they did a movie called Quarantine, which is about a news reporter that gets trapped in an apartment building because like there's like some monster in it or something. Oh gosh. Yeah. And I had, I watched it, but I had to, li- I was like watching it while doing something else. Right. So, like, I would think I was, like, on my computer doing stuff. So, like, I would wa- so I could hear it and kind of look every once in a while. But I was able to get through the whole movie by actually doing something else and then kind of watching the movie, like, in my peripheral or whatever. Okay. And it actually easier? was such... Yeah, it was a lot easier. And it was such a creepy-ass movie. I loved it. But I love The Blair Witch Project because, yeah, it, the thing is, it was so creepy because, yeah, it felt so real. It did. And it felt so, like... And the fact that it was unscripted makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, it was un- it was mostly unscripted. There were some key points that they wanted to hit, yeah. um, but mo- they really gave these kids, you know, these cameras, like these video recorders, mm-hmm. and you know, some audio equipment, and they were like, "Go out in the woods and make a movie." Um, That's awesome. And so they did, and um, like I said, it, there, there were like specific places they needed to be and specific things that like needed to happen and character development arcs, but they really let it be 
very creative. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I did a lot of research into it when I was writing my paper, which got an A. Yay. I'm real happy about that. Yeah. But it was, it was, it's a, it's one of my favorites. I absolutely love Blair Witch. Yeah, and the, you speaking of the sequel reminded me, they did do a sequel to Carrie as well. They did in like the 90s. Oh, I remember was, hearing about that. Yeah, it was called The Rage, Carrie 2. And I actually liked it. Did you? I liked it. I Let's enjoyed watch it. it. Yeah, we'll watch it. No, it's really cool. I forgot who the main actress was in that, but like she was supposed to be like Carrie's like half sister that like I guess her mom her dad went out on her mom or whatever, and so they she had the sister and so uh her, the sister also had powers and stuff and so I liked it because to me it was like they were able to modernize Carrie without remaking it, you know? And I liked it for what it was. I mean, I kind of vaguely I'm like it's kind of I don't believe it's a sequel to me, it's kind of like an extra Right, like, it's, it's like a spinoff. Like, spinoff, yeah. So I'm like, I but Carrie is always gonna be my favorite. But um, so yeah. So What's my second, second favorite, yeah, my second favorite is Hellraiser. Ooh, I love Hellraiser, and I'm talking about the first one, Pinhead. like maybe the second one too. But like as a series, I feel like it got lost, and I feel like I don't know if people doing more of the sequels really get what the the Original movie was. was about and it was based on a book which i didn't know that i actually bought the book i haven't read oh, it wow. yet the book is called the hellbound heart and it's by clive barker who did also the movie yes um, so yeah um and they actually did do a comic book series which i do have a couple of them which is just a again and that tells the story more of like what pinhead and the cenobites are up to and stuff like that you know but i really feel like i will try to watch the latest hellraiser which was Hellraiser Judgment, I think it was I called. I saw posters for that. Yeah. I, I saw the billboards. I couldn't sit through it. It was just gross. Like, it to me, it was just kind of like, it was just supposed to be gross and weird, and they try to put, like, BDSM attributes to it, which I'm like, but you're doing this wrong. It's all wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so. um, I, I've, I don't know that I've ever seen the original Hellraisers. I thought I did. Um, there was a time where all I was doing was watching whatever horror movies were on Netflix at the time. I think it's on Netflix. And so I think it might have been the second one, though, that I had jumped into without watching the first one. I thought it was the first one. And so yeah. I was very confused. Yeah, because it I, continues. The pacing was really weird. Yeah. And they didn't explain anything. And I was very, like, lost. Yeah. But I would love to see the original one with oh, somebody. Yeah. I've, it's been on my list because, uh, again, he, he was one of the ones that showed up in Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Um, they had, a, like, a... It looked like him. Yeah. I, it wasn't exactly him, but it looked like him. Well, in one of the sequels, I forgot which one, like, when they showed Pinhead, he looked like just a dude in cosplay. Like, it didn't look really? like they were trying to achieve Pinhead. It looked like it was a guy in cosplay. You know, so I yeah. kind of was like, that's not Pinhead. But the original Pinhead is amazing. Like, the guy, uh, just it's just amazing. Like I would be down to watch that. Because it was on my list since I saw since I saw the guy in Cabin Woods. I was like, oh, I want to see what that guy's from. Yeah. I want to see his story. Yeah. And that's the thing. is like, the first two, I think they show who he was in the third one, which I've never really liked that. Like, you know, I was, I did, I was in film school for about two years or so. I never completed it, you know, but I did go to film school and I did take a screenwriting class. And what I loved about that class, it was a lot, it was a lot of information, but like it, it stuck with me. So like he went genre by genre and was like, here are the, how to make a good comedy, how to make a good horror. And I remember what he was saying about horror was what works in horror is that you don't know what's scary. Once you kind of know what's scary, it's hard to keep the scaring going because and that's why if, if you watch horror movies it's usually the end where they reveal the creature or the end where they reveal like what's been going on the whole time you know like sinister did right. that you know and the sinister was actually written by a horror critic so the guy that wrote and sinister is also one of my favorite horror movies i can watch that over and over and over and sinister um it reveals at the very end what the like um 
like what the mythology was you know in this creature like why who he was targeting and why and so the whole film is you're with this crime writer who's trying to figure out what all these murders what they're how they're all connected he has a whole big map and stuff and then it's not until like the very end that he's just like here's the pattern and then by then it's too late and so when they did a sequel to sinister it was like how are they going to do this and we kind of already know what's scary and what the formula is and all this stuff and i watched the sequel to sinister and i thought it was all right because i mean the sequel is kind of from like a child's perspective so it's kind of like eh you know Yum. so but anyway so hellraiser i was gonna say so, we're starting to run out of time we still got third movies to get to yeah exactly Uh-oh. so anyway so hellraiser so hellraiser is um about this guy who finds this puzzle box and he goes missing and this family moves, I think it's like his niece or something, they move into like his old house and they discover the puzzle box. The, the mom discovers a puzzle box and just like chaos ensues. And so, yeah, there are BDSM elements to it, you know, um, but I really feel like it's more of like the look than it is the actual like... It's just aesthetic. Aesthetic, yeah. It's most aesthetic and I think that gets lost later. And I, like I said, I after the second sequel, I... I, I can't think of a, think, uh, a sequel at the top of my head that, like, I actually liked or that, okay. that like, it fit in that series. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard yeah. with horror. I, they always want to do sequels and, like, cash out on that. But I don't know that it's always that there's actually more story to tell. Right. And, and also, once you have a sequel, like, you've already seen the monster. You've already beaten the monster right. generally in the first one. So you're like, oh, but I know how to beat it now. Or uh, unless something changes. And, like, that's the sequels that I tend to like. Right. But I think, like, with when it comes to, like, Jason and Friday the 13th, it's like it's always a new group of kids. So they don't know how to kill him. Right. So that kind of works to a point because it's, like, new kids, new whatever. So then they got to figure it out and, you know, yeah. Well, and, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I just find the sequels generally less scary because I've already, like, right. seen the monster and I've seen it lose. Right. No, exactly. So it, it just seems less intimidating right. at that point. And then there was like Freddy versus Jason that was basically a comedy. <laughs> oh, I loved it though. I loved it. It was real good. I remember watching that as a kid. Yeah. Were you one of those kids? I don't you're a little older than I am, but I was that kid who grew up reading like all the ghost stories I could get my hands on. I would read Goosebumps, I would read um like I remember there was some book I used to read from my like fourth grade teacher's shelf that was called like Snowman or something and I don't uh, it just had like a bloody snowman. I can't remember anything else. Um, there was some girl and she was gonna, anyway. Yeah. Tangent, tangent, tangent. But I would just get my hands on every like scary story I could get my hands on. Well, see, I couldn't because like I remember in elementary school, like I went to a Christian elementary school oh, and like right. we, uh, the girls would read um, Babysitter's Club or Nancy Drew and the boys would read Goosebumps. And I remember I picked up a Goosebump one time and my mom got pissed. Like, my mom was, like... Because I remember there was, like, a headless ghost on the cover. And, oh. like... Yeah. And, like, my mom was, like, why would you read this? Like, would you would you read this with Jesus or something like that? And yes. Like, and I was, like, uh, no. And so I got in so much trouble for reading Goosebumps. I have since read some Goosebumps, like, as an adult. Like, but it's not the same. Cause they're, it's not the they're same. They're funnier now. No, like, when yeah. I was a kid, they were terrifying. I used to have nightmares about... 
um, some of them, and uh, I remember specifically, I had a nightmare about like a night in Terror Tower, uh-huh. um, which was one of my favorites. And the dummy, of course, Slappy the dummy was. Oh, my horrifying. wife is my wife is still scared of Slappy, and we saw the second Goose. Like we love the Goosebump movies that came out. We're like, oh, these are fun, yeah. and like, and that's horror my wife can do because she's like, oh, this is like funny. it's kid horror. But you like, know? yeah. When I went to see Toy Story four, and oh, there was the yeah. dummy, and it looked like Slappy, and he turned his head all the way around, and I was like, oh no, it's something inside of me is. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that was horrified. Like we get, like, cause we live near the El Capitan. Well, near, kind of, you know. And so we get these notices about like what El Capitan has, yeah, playing. And so on the one for Toy Story Four, there was a picture of those dummies. And so I had to warn my wife. I'm like, uh, there's these characters here. And she's like, oh no. But it's so, Pixar, so it's probably fine. Well, that's what we thought. And then during the movie, she's like, ah, they're ooh, still uh, scary. Like the entire, like the entire time, she's like, nope, uh, uh-uh, nope. And it was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, um, gosh. what's your third favorite okay, horror movie? Okay, my third one. And um, I don't know that it's a favorite, but it's one that I'm I find very interesting, and I'm interested in the like mythology and the lore of it. It captures very much, um, like I've said, um, my favorite kind of horror movies are the ones that have this kind of supernatural element where there's like, I don't know, like intricate elements, and and so Thirteen Ghosts is mm. is the third one I'm talking about here, and while the movie is maybe poorly executed, I think the concept is fantastic and I would love to see like a Netflix series or an Amazon series or somebody pick it up and run with the mythology of these 13 ghosts who are you know all had these lives before and whose like souls were collected and captured and trapped in this puzzle house and this puzzle house is again one of my favorite elements it's this there's this house in this movie that you know the main family like inherits and um, it's just like this huge, huge house with these glass walls, but on the glass walls are all this like writing mm-hmm. and like sigils and stuff. And, and so the house like moves like clockwork and like these walls are like barriers that these ghosts can't cross. So you're like dealing with different ghosts at different times and people are trapped in the different part of the house. And I think it's so fascinating and all these like ghosts, it's almost like a tarot deck. You have like the princess and the jackal and yeah. like, oh I love the concept and I just want to see it done properly. Yeah. Like there were a lot of good things about the movie. I found it scary in a lot of places, but I think, you know, some of it was just too over the top or campy yeah. for what it could have been. Right. Uh, for what I wanted from it. Yeah. Um, give me the rights. I'll just <laughs> yeah. make it happen. But um, that one, I really, really loved um, the concept of 13 Ghosts. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've seen Thirteen Ghosts. I think I, every I time the I DVD. <laughs> every time I think of Thirteen Ghosts, I think I automatically think of Ghost Ship because I feel like Ghost Ship came out relatively near. Oh, Ghost Ship is amazing. It, it's it's kind of the same concept. It's basically and the beginning is they the beginning has been just shared around in a lot of groups. They're like, hey, remember the beginning of Ghost Ship? And it's like, oh shit, like because it's such a good beginning. I'll have to share it with you. But yeah, anyway, yeah. so Ghost Ship basically is just about like a ghost ship. I don't know if they like remit. I don't know if they like work on a ship and make it like brand new again. And so like all these passengers got murdered on it. And so like the new pe- passengers on it, like are keep running into like the dead ghosts and stuff. And so it's, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I just remember it being so good. So I loved it. Um, yeah, but my third favorite, so we can kind of start wrapping yeah, up. Wrap up. <laughs> yeah, so it's my be a long one. It is, but um, my third favorite is the fly, which, but I'm talking about the 1986 version with Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Um, 
because there actually was an original that was in the 1950s where it was like way more creepier but it was like 1950s and you know whatever so anyway so the fly and the reason that's one of my favorite always the way i was able to figure out my three favorite horror was ones i can watch over and over again and still feel the same feels you know yeah um but yeah so the fly is one of my favorites and because it's just so creepy. Because basically, if you don't know what the fly is about, the fly is basically about this scientist who's trying to make a transporter. Like, he has these two machines where he's trying to put one in one thing and then have it go to the other thing and be stable. And what ends up happening is he finally decides to test it on himself. And while he's getting in there and, like... Because he gets in there naked, you know, so he can, like, fully go right. back, you know, whatever... And as he's getting in there, a fly goes into it. And so when he transports himself from one machine to the other, his uh, biology kind of changes because suddenly it gets mixed with the DNA of a fly. So he slowly starts to become like a human fly mix. Yes. And it's terrifying. <laughs> Can I just say, like, side side note here, but it's, it's very much with exactly that plot. Um, is so... Today is the the uh, anniversary of Pokemon Red and Blue's release. And in the original games, when you go to Bill's lab and uh, he's like used a transporter and accidentally gets like stuck as uh, Kabuto. Oh, wow. As like a bug Pokemon. Like, it, it's a bug looking Pokemon. It's actually rock water, but it's a bug looking Pokemon. And I, you just made me realize that that was 100% a reference to the fly. Yeah. That sounds like. Um, happy birthday, Pokemon. <laughs> but yeah, so that movie's terrifying because, like, it's you see this guy becoming this creature and, like, he doesn't know what's going on and he's just kind of like, it, it just, he, it, be, it becomes a monster movie, basically. And I think that's what really works with it is that it's this monster movie where this person goes from being, like, the hero to the monster. And kind of that Jekyll Hyde kinda. yeah exactly and it's just like I said I find it very terrifying it's gross because even like me thinking about some of the scenes I'm like eh, uh, uh, you know I was like no you know and so um, yeah so The Fly is one of my favorite movies because again I have it on Blu-ray and um, I've watched it a ton I will watch it again more if it's on TV I'm like hey and they did do a sequel they did do uh, a sequel to it which I liked it, you know, like, again, the the first fly I said was, some hesitation. Yeah. No, I mean, I liked it. I just, like, it just, I just remember being weird. But even The Fly was weird, and it was, like, The Fly, I felt like, was just one of those movies that didn't need a sequel, and they did a sequel, and it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it wasn't terrible, but it worked. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you want to do any honorable mentions, because I know I mentioned oh, uh, Sinister. Gosh. Um, uh, oh, I mean... Um, I we went and saw the uh, new Child's Play movie together. Yeah, that was good. And I actually really I enjoyed that one. Um, I know I say that I really enjoy the horror movies that that are supernatural, <laughs> but in this case, I like the fact that they went away from that because in the yeah. original one, you know, he he was a serial killer who was trapped in the doll by voodoo magic. Right. Um, but in the new one, what I really liked about it was that it was really the like story of an innocent that was just like. It went wrong, right? Um, and it was technology, and there was nothing supernatural about it. But I and I really loved Mark Hamill's uh, yes, Chucky. Ch- it was yeah. really creepy. It was that really song creepy. during yeah, the, the credits. Song. Yes, as it just got slowly and slowly more deranged. And I just I love the audience we had, like, cause I also oh they were good, they, they were made great, because it, it was just like when that song first came on, it was like it was like nervous laughter, which I'm right. like that's it, that's what they were going for. Um, oh, I just recently watched Ma, which is a movie yeah, we were gonna go we see together, gonna... and then we decided to see. Brightburn, which Brightburn was really good. It was. I really enjoyed Brightburn. It was like that twist on like the Superman story. Yeah, it was kind of, of like, like if Superman was evil. With superpowers. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, so, but I did see Ma. I rented it from Netflix because I actually still get DVDs. Yeah. So um, I rented it from Netflix and I loved it so much because it was, it wasn't like, I feel like it could have been qualified as a thriller almost because like it really didn't have, it had like, it didn't really have jump scares. It had like kind of like where she suddenly would appear and they'd be like, oh shit, where were you come from? You know? <gasps> but like, uh, yeah, but I mean, it, then it got really chaotic and kind of gory at the end, but it kind of, but I felt like the story was leading up to that. So it wasn't like, oh, it's suddenly bloody and gory. It was kind of like, oh no, it, it got to this point. And I really, really enjoyed it. And Octavia Spencer was amazing as Ma and she actually produced it. That's and it was cool. surprising how many like known actors was in this, was in this movie. Uh, yeah. Horror doesn't usually get a lot of like big names. Right. Well, I mean, it does. Sometimes and more recently, but like. I don't know. I mean, I James like... McAvoy was in it, and then so was Jessica Chastain. Again, more recently. Yeah. yeah. But like, historic. I don't know. From in 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 at least the ones I'm watching, it's it's not usually as big of names. Right. Well, I like mean, A-listers. I don't know, because I mean, like Jeff Goldblum was in The Fly. Sissy Spacek. Well, was Sissy Spacek known when she did Carrie? No, she was. She was a kid. Okay, so she... she wasn't known, and then um. Well, oh, she was just, and then, well, I just, I also was going to mention The Thing. Originally, The Thing was going to be one of my favorites because I love The Thing and it's yeah. so well done. And it's like back when like the effects were literally hand done. I love that. And um, Kurt Russell was in that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess you do. Um, maybe just the ones I've seen I or know. I watch more um, tend to not have as big of names as like other movies or at least not as many. You may, you might get like one big name in it, but like. To see a bunch of big names get called into a horror movie is right. Cool. No, I think it's great that like horror over the years has become more of a serious genre where people it are has. just like that. Just take like, it more seriously movie. now. Yeah, and people it makes a lot of money. Like it, I think you know, is bringing a lot of attention to the horror genre as like a worthwhile um, and like phenomenon. Right. That people can. I think the the movie industry is gonna. Well, like, it made a billion. It made a billion dollars. Exactly. I think, the first weekend or something exactly. like that. Exactly. So. Um, oh. I had two real quick mentions, though, yeah. um, which were The Ring. Um, oh, I love The, the Ring. The Ring is one of my favorites. Um, scared me to death as a kid. I was afraid to answer my phone for a week. Yeah. And Silent Hill, the adapt the movie adaptation of the video game series. Oh, cool. Which I also thought was really, really good and well done. Um, yeah. Have you seen that one? Yes. Okay. I have. But I've never played the game, so I really didn't know what okay. was going on. Okay. I mean, I feel like the movie does a good job of pretty well, uh, like covering basically what it is yeah um but i really loved that whole like you have a ghost town and then every time you hear that siren it's like oh shit yeah and everything goes to hell literally right and um that the villain and you know i again love when they team up with like the villain Mm. or the quote-unquote villain to take down like the real villain yeah it's great Um, yeah and then i love all the um conjuring uh, movies are oh, like really great. Yeah. I mean, I thought The Nun was really disappointing. I mean, The I Nun like, was really bad. It was. Like, I felt like it was, I saw where it was going. In the beginning, it was like, okay, let's see where this is going. But then by the end, I'm like, I, I don't like this. And then Annabelle has been really disappointing for me too. But I love. Was loved... the original Annabelle any good? No. 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 But I love the Conjuring movie, like one and they two. Like, I love number two, scared the shit out of me. Um, yeah, I mean, I could talk days and days about horror I know. Movies, I think so we've actually think, passed yeah. the hour mark, so we have to cut ourselves yeah. off. So, yeah. Thank but, you for listening to us gush about some of our favorite topics yeah, so and enjoy spooky season. Yes, and we'll probably do another horror something or other. Next just we, time. We t- we'll do more. On Halloween. Stuff. Yes, but anyways. So, again, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Tumblr, at Queer Cauldron. Email us at queercauldron at gmail.com. Uh, call us, 323 323- Two eight five zero one six four and tell us about your favorite movies. Also, do no harm and take no shit. <laughs> <laughs>